Hey everybody, my name's AJ and this is The Wealthy Idiot Show. Before we go any further, please make sure to destroy that like button for the YouTube algorithm. It helps us out tremendously and it helps spread this information to as many people as possible. So recently, Dave Ramsey released a clip talking about Airbnbs. The clip is called Three Problems with Owning an Airbnb That No One Talks About. So of course I had to watch it and after I watched it, I realized I've talked about all three of these problems. So I want to check the video out. We'll respond to stuff as we go. So let's get into it. David is with us in Dallas to start off this hour. Hi, David. Welcome to The Ramsey Show. Yeah, so just quick context. My wife and I, when we were engaged, did FPU. That was six years ago. We are now $5,000 away from being debt-free, aside from the, our mortgage. Way to go. Um, just 5000 Yes, thank you. Just 5000 left of our uh, of my student loans. Um, here's, here's the thing. We're pastors here in Texas. We are moving to Oklahoma to be pastors of a church there. And what's awesome as part of the deal is we have a parsonage, so we will not have a mortgage payment there. Um, and so my, my ultimate dream is that we are financially independent from the church. I love the church. I would love to one day not even have to take a paycheck from the church. And so what I'm seeing is our expenses are staying the same. Our income is actually going up a little bit uh, with this move, and I would like to turn my house in Texas uh, into an Airbnb property and hopefully even make income to take one step closer to being financially independent from the church. And so my question really is, is that a smart move or should I just sell my home here in Texas, profit, I don't know, the way the market is right now, I can maybe profit 60, 70K, something along those lines from what I've seen. Um, and so I'm just asking you what maybe the better or best option is. Okay, so let's respond to David. So first off, that's really cool. If you're not familiar with the church, a parsonage is a home usually built on the church property that is kept up by the church that's used for whatever pastor is currently um, leading that church. So in this case, what he's saying is like, look, we have a home we're paying a mortgage on now. We have an income from the church that I'm currently working at, but we're going to go to this new church. The income is going up and I don't have to pay for a home. So what do I do with the home that we have now? So he has a few options. He could sell it and take that cash and invest it somewhere. And whatever money he saves as a result of not having to purchase a home in his new job, his new location, he can invest that money. But he's also looking at the property and he's thinking like, you know, I, I don't know what the mortgage is. I don't have any numbers on that. I don't know where this is. I don't know if it's a high Airbnb location. So if he was calling me, I'd have to ask a lot of those questions. We'd have to try and figure this stuff out. But um, he's basically asking like, does, you know, that does making that an Airbnb make more financial sense than just pulling the money out and investing it because they can keep the property and make an extra income off of it and use that income to invest plus the money that he's saving now from not having to pay that mortgage, he could invest. And I think what he's saying here is like, you know, my expenses remain the same. I think what he's saying is worst case scenario, the his situation looks better than it does today. So even if he Airbnbs it, in the worst case scenario, he has to cover the whole cost of the Airbnb. Let's say no one rents it out. Then he's still better off today than he was yesterday because he's not paying for his new home. That's what I'm getting here. I can't answer whether or not the Airbnb is the best strategy to go with here based off the information that he's provided. But I can say if he can rent this out, whether it's renting on Airbnb or 
um, like a long-term rental, if he can rent it out and cover the mortgage, then he could take that income that he's getting from that and he'll get the appreciation off the house. That'll all be tax-free, whatever income he makes there. The principal pay down, so the mortgage is going to get paid down. So he's going to get more and more equity in this home. The home is going to appreciate over a long period of time, not recently, but obviously over a long period of time. And then he's going to be able to take that income, that little bit left over, plus the money he's saving from not having to purchase a home at his new church and invest all of that. So he's in a pretty good space. I think that if the numbers worked out, I might do what he's asking here. You know, and then we have to compare that against like if we sold and invested that money, would that money do better in like the S&P 500 if we put it in index funds versus leaving it in this house? So we'd have to measure all those things. So I don't have enough information, but I do like the, the question. I like his idea. I like the creativity in trying to, you know, put himself in a financially independent place for the future. Um, I love your goal and I, hey, I don't just said dislike that. your plan overall. Uh, I would okay. I would sell the house and move the money to Oklahoma, pile up some more cash and pay cash for your first rental in your own backyard. Airbnbs uh, have two problems that all the people that talk about how much money they make with them don't bring mm -hmm. up. Uh, they have. Th I've, I've talked about all these problems. So when he says all the people and when I was going into Airbnb, I was looking at the negatives of. Um, possibly getting into an Airbnb and pretty much everyone covers these problems. So I, I don't, you know, I obviously Dave is talking in hyperbole, but maybe he, when he says all people, what he means here is that, you know, generally speaking, people don't hear the negatives. I'm going to assume that that's what he means here. Three problems that people don't bring up. Uh, problem number one, there's a ton of hassle, a lot of details, a lot of work involved in getting the people in, getting them out, getting them cleaned, all that kind of stuff. Like uh, probably 25x a normal a normal rental because you'll have multiple renters in a single month. So that's true. And whenever I tell people to look at um, investing in real estate, I say like always plan for a property manager, whether it be Airbnb or long-term plan for a property manager. You don't have to have one. You could manage the property yourself and, um, and do all this yourself. But I would recommend at least, you know, it, because at some point you might decide, like, I don't have the time to do this. I need to pass it off. And if you didn't put that into the numbers, you're going to be in trouble. If your numbers don't have a property manager, in them, I think you're doing it wrong. So always expect a property manager. For my Airbnbs, I don't have any of this. I don't deal with any of that. I have a property manager. She takes a flat rate off the top. She deals with all of that stuff. She goes to the property, makes sure that they're set up. She checks on the cleaners. She schedules the cleaners. She books everything. She talks to all the people. She makes sure the trash and the recycling gets out on time. I don't, I don't deal with any of that. That takes a huge portion of my profit away, but I'm still profitable by doing that. And I would rather take a little bit of profit and the appreciation on the property and have a professional do it than do it myself. To answer Dave's point here, it's a lot more hassle if um, you don't have a property manager, but if you do, they'll take care of that stuff for you. It is a little bit more hassle up front. I'll admit that like when you're getting it set up, it takes more because you have to actually furnish it and set it up and get it cleaned and get it ready to go. Whereas if it's a long-term rental, you just clean it you know, leave it empty, let people get into it. So is a little bit more setup in terms of that. But then once you're going, it's about the same. And I make more money than I would if it was a long-term rental. 
Uh, could it, I could it, I speak? Go, go ahead. So sorry, so sorry to interrupt. Can I just speak to that? I do have family here in Texas that would be managing the property, and so I kind of have a little yeah. bit of a built-in system. Yeah, where which is a bad, I, which is a bad idea. I I don't think that that's a bad idea. If you have people who are, are like actual professionals at manage property management, maybe they do it themselves on their own stuff and they're going to include yours and then you're going to give them like, you know, a portion of the income as a result, which I assume is what he's doing here. He's going to be fine. If you know, you, you have issues with dealing with your family, like you're not sure that they could do it and you're kind of gambling. What I might do is get a professional manager and then just have the family in the area kind of keep tabs on the property for you. And then maybe, you know, as a benefit, you buy them dinner sometimes, like when you come and visit or something, I don't, you know, cause that's really low maintenance, but I don't think that that's a bad idea. You're taking advantage of your family. Okay. No. I'm telling you, Airbnb, the hassle factor is very high. There's great money, but the hassle factor is very high. So not not really. He keeps saying that. I don't think he has Airbnbs. And if he does, he's hiring a property manager and maybe he's just assuming what the property manager does. But my property manager has a full time job and does my Airbnbs. So yeah, it's hassle. She gets paid pretty well for it, but you know, I I'm not exactly sure. Like he's just doesn't like the fact that work is involved in doing an Airbnb. So he just checks it out. But like work's involved in his current business. The hassle factor in his current business is really high. So then should he not do it? He's profitable. Why wouldn't he not do it? Uh, that seems like a really weird line of thinking to me. Like it's going to be hard. So just don't do it. I don't know. If you want to do an Airbnb, it needs to be in your backyard. Problem number no. one with Airbnbs. None, none of mine are in my backyard. All of them are in a different state. Number two with Airbnbs is uh, you have a lot of extra maintenance. People tear the crap out of your property. That is true. Nobody talks about that. That's the dirty little secret of Airbnbs. You're constantly buying carpet. You're constantly buying paint and drywall repair. Uh, because they do not take it, it. I don't care how big a deposit you get or how much screening you do. It's not their house. And so you're going to have a high level of repairs and maintenance, which is part of that hassle factor. Yeah. Repairs and maintenance are higher. I wouldn't say you're always buying carpet. Like the amount of carpet usage is basically the same. Like, yeah, they're going to spill stuff, but like, so would a long-term renter. So I don't know why that makes sense. We do, you know, some heavy duty cleaning, um, you know, after so many visits, we do a, a bigger cleaning that costs more money. One of the other things that we like to do is charge a little bit more on the cleaning fee than what we're actually paying our cleaners. We bank that and we use that on repairs as they come up. And the last thing we do is buy used stuff. We don't use new stuff. I mean, the mattresses are new and then we cover them with a waterproof cover to protect them for, you know, as long as possible. But we buy used couches, we buy used chairs because there are, they're going to be used immediately. There's no point in them being new and we can buy stuff. That's pretty durable. There's um, now some really durable flooring that you can get, um, you know, painting, you get a real basic cheap color and you just, you know, keep the little bit of paint on hand. So that way when your general contractor goes out, they just, you know, touch up some bits here and there. It's really not that big of a deal. And my property manager handles all that. I don't handle any of that. So, and we're still pretty profitable as a result. So no, no mental, you know, burden on me. And we take care of that. That nobody's talking about is several areas uh, are now passing zoning, prohibiting it. Right. Right. That is true. And uh, so if you set your whole model up only on Airbnb, 
you could have the rug jerked out from under you if the only way the deal works is Airbnb, don't do the deal because it might not be available to you. That is true. And we've talked about that before, again, because we've talked about all these things before, because people do talk about the positives and negatives of the things that they do. It's it's not just all presented as, you know, fairy tales and uh, flowers and roses, but um, cities, counties and states are putting restrictions on Airbnbs. And a lot of it comes from like a combination of people in neighborhoods just don't like Airbnbs being set up in their neighborhood. And it comes from like major hotels and resorts lobbying the government to try and remove Airbnbs because, you know, it's a competition for them. Um, I, I like to make sure that my neighbors are as happy as possible. I try to provide them with whatever they need. We put cameras on the front of our properties, not in the properties, but the front to make sure that we can monitor, you know, any kind of noise stuff, you know, catch trash, you know, parking situations, anything that we can try and get. Um, we do it with that so we can, you know, handle that as best as we possibly can. Um, with the exception of my first property, the other properties are pretty spread out from their neighbors. So it would be difficult to tell that, you know, the, that there's constant people coming through that are different. Um, I think that's helpful. The first property, we learned our lesson on that one. So now the new properties have a little bit more space. And then as far as cities and stuff, one of the things that we do to make sure that we're covered is that we look at the numbers for what it would take to rent a place out as a furnished place for a longer period of time. So most places will give you a time frame for when something can be a vacation rental versus a long-term rental. And they'll come in and say, no bookings under three months. You know, over three months, it's now a long-term rental. Well, you can still put that on Airbnb and just put the minimum requirement as being three months. There's plenty of people out there who are looking for properties that are fully furnished, that have all the bills paid, you know, that they can move into maybe while their house is getting built or maybe while they're moving into a new job and they're looking for a home to purchase um, or they're just in the area for, you know, an extended period of time. Maybe they're working there. We've rented it out to construction workers who have been flown in to work on a you know, on a, on a job for like months at a time, almost a year, there's plenty of opportunity for that. So we look at that. So in worst case scenario, if we were to get the rug pulled out from underneath us, we have the ability to rent these properties out for furnished long-term and still cover all of our expenses. If you want to run the hassle for the extra money and run the maintenance for the extra money, you'll make more money, but it's a lot of work. So I would move the money to Oklahoma, whether you're going to do a straight rental or whether you're going to do an Airbnb because it's in your backyard and you're going to lay your hands on it and you are a man who controls your destiny. You don't ask your first cousin to do it. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of Airbnb owners and it kind of does feel like a part-time job for a lot of them. And, and You having... get six of them, it's a full-time job. I hate, I hate that. I've talked to a lot of Airbnb owners and it's like a part-time job for them. Yeah, because they're managing it and they want to be managing it because they're maximizing their profit gains. That's fine. Some people like to do that. I don't do that. It's not a full-time job for me. I spend probably an hour, two hours a month at most. And most of that is just through accounting, paying people out, making sure the bills are paid. That's basically it. That's all I do. So I'm, I'm making a lot more money than if I was to do this as long-term rentals. I'm making a lot more money as a result of having borrowed and not paying for cash. Um, I take the difference. So the amount of money that we're borrowing, we're also making sure that we invest in other places to have a backup. I can also make sure that my cash flow from my other properties covers everything. So as we're expanding, everything is covering each other now. And my job covers all of that in the worst case scenario. 
we can always make sure we have an emergency funds set aside for all this. We can always make sure the bills are paid and we're taken care of. So this isn't universally true. This just sounds like people who don't have experience in the space commenting on the space. That's what it sounds like. And that's a lot of what Dave does when it comes to real estate stuff. We talk about that regularly. He's locked on in a lot of places. He talks about real estate stuff and it just sounds like he has a really surface level understanding of what's going on, which is weird because he was a huge real estate guy originally, but I feel like he shut his brain off from that whole topic and was like, pay cash for real estate. That's it from here on out. That's all we're doing. And I refuse to look at any other information past that because I've failed miserably at, you know, borrowing money for real estate, which please do not do what Dave Ramsey did. It's a terrible idea in the grand scheme of risk and safety. You can take risk or you could take debt out and still be close to the safety side. You don't have to go all the way to Dave Ramsey in his 20s and go bankrupt. Family do that would kind of be taking advantage of them, especially if you're not paying them, if they don't get a cut of that And profit. if you start paying them, then the need for doing an Airbnb goes away. So if you start paying them, the need for an Airbnb goes away. You know, I'm assuming David's going to pay his family and, you know, you're still going to make a profit. I'm assuming he's looked at the numbers and determined that the numbers actually look good, that this is a better place to invest. It's low risk because like we said, he could cover all the expenses at his current job because he's no longer paying for a house at his current job. So it would be the same for him. There is basically zero risk in doing this process. And the upside is huge, you know, assuming that the numbers work out. There's just a lot of, of mental aspects of, of like, I mean, there's a review system on there. So even with the maintenance, even with keeping your Airbnb up, you want to make sure that it's top notch because you want those five star reviews. If not, you're going to have a tougher time booking people and the list goes on and on. It can definitely be more of a headache. And I think your heart is with the church. You ultimately want to pour your heart into the church. That's why you want financial independence is so that you can love on people better. And if you're stressed out by this basic other part time job, that's not going to be the best use of your energy. I actually think that's the best argument made so far. And it wasn't made by Dave Ramsey. If your passion is the church and that's what you're trying to accomplish and this mental, you know, if, if this Airbnb takes a lot of mental capacity from you, if it's taking a lot of energy out of you that you can't give 100% to the church, then put that money into something more passive. Take it out, sell the property, put it into... Um, index funds or something that you can just kind of put in and just watch and you don't have to actually do a whole lot of work about. If that's the case, I agree with her. That's the way to go. If you're looking into real estate long-term, you're thinking this is something you want to get into. Airbnbs might be something you want to get into. If you're looking for like trying to create a method in which you can replace your income through real estate, then do that. This is the lowest risk time that you could do this and get away with it. So I would say, try it, like give it a go. If it turns out to not work, and sell the property and go to plan A or plan B. Sorry. So, you know, I don't think there's a lot of risk there that we got to worry about. I think it's a good move. I love your move to Oklahoma and you're making more money. Just take your, the fact that you don't have a house payment anymore, pile it on top of that 60K, go pay cash for your first house, then pile all that rent up and or Airbnb money up, whatever it is, and go pay cash, go pay cash for the second house and then go pay cash for the third house. And you end up with five or ten properties, you'll have enough income coming in that you are independent. And then you can decide um, how you're going to serve the church and, and what the financial arrangement of that is. You, that gives you the option uh, of that. And it does put you in a completely different position um, in the church world, for sure. And yeah. I, I, lo I love your heart and where you're talking about going with it.
So I've got a good friend that uh, is a pastor, and he started at that age buying properties, and he's done exactly what he's talking about doing. He's become, mm-hmm. he's become, uh, he's got a lot of real estate, become wealthy, uh, and he didn't steal the money from the church, and he didn't get overpaid by the church. He just managed his money well for decades, and has a bunch of paid for real estate now. And he's good at real estate. He's a pastor, but he's good at real estate. He has a bunch of paid for real estate now. So did he take out loans to get it initially? Well, he's being lawfully vague on that one. Um, and so, uh, you know, he's managed the properties well, and he's, you know, he's, he, it's like his little side job, so to speak, his hobby. He loves fooling with it, and he loves messing with real estate like I do. And uh, he's just done very, very well. So he's many, many years ahead of you, uh, David, and um, he's has done what you're, you know, he's put himself in a position that he's independent from the church. All right, so f- that's the end of the video. Final takeaways. I think that if the numbers work, and David, if you're watching this episode, check out the numbers episode that we did where we broke down Airbnb numbers. I'll link to it above. You can check it out. If the numbers work, I think you should give this a try because the risk is really low. If it ends up not working out, you can always cut and, and do the Dave Ramsey method, but I think you should give it a try. I think it's worth it. I think that the mental exercise of doing this will be worth it. The stuff that you'll learn will be worth it. And at the end, I think that you'll be profitable again, assuming the numbers work. So I, and I think you'll be profitable beyond what you would be if you were to follow Dave's method or just pull it out and put it somewhere else. I think that holding on to real estate long-term is going to give you great appreciation and you're going to get the cash flow on top of that. I think you're going to beat what you could do otherwise. So because it's low risk right now, you're not in a position where you have to pay for a house. And, you know, worst case, like, let's say you, you have to move another job and you actually have to buy a house where you're going and that Airbnb is not working out you could sell it, buy another house. So I don't think that there's, you know, a risk here other than whether or not the numbers work. And I think that you're on the right path. I think that you could do it. I would say, give it a try. You just see what happens again, not financial advice, just what I would do if I was in your shoes is 100% the path that you're on right now. So thanks for, for watching. I super appreciate it, guys. If you have anything I missed, please comment down below. Always interested to hear that. And check out wealthedius.com. All kinds of new information coming out there. And before you leave, make sure to like and subscribe, and I'll see you guys next time.